Hi, everyone, and welcome to our first ever men's yoga podcast. Today with me, I have my good friend, Sean Sharma, with us. And let's just dive right into it. Sean, tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, so it's really hard for me to really pinpoint who exactly I am because I tend to take so many different roles. Um, to start from the beginning, born and raised in, uh, in Bombay in India. I moved over to Canada when I was about 30, 31, it's about 2001 or so. And since then I've picked up several different roles. Uh, typically during the daytime, I've always worked in, uh, uh, as a project manager earlier um, in a property management company. Now I'm uh, into real estate during daytime. So that's my normal working time. I teach yoga and uh, many other formats. I used to teach pre-COVID other formats too, but now I'm mostly teaching yoga in the evening times. Mm -hmm. And the morning times I typically reserve for myself. So that's what, what I am. Nice. So the, like a day in the life of Sean looks like what? Like, do you have any practices that you have or anything that you do throughout the day? So contrary to most, most people would uh, assume that um, the yoga people or the yoga teachers <clears throat> or people associated with yoga would have a certain uh, routine that they have always followed and they continue to do so. Uh, in my case, I haven't done that. Um, I sort of see how the flow goes. So sometimes I might have a certain set of routine for months together and then I'll change it all over again. Um, just to give an example, I would go do Ashtanga yoga in the mornings and then follow that up with uh, some meditation, say about 7 a.m. So I start my practice about 6. And then after my tea and so on, get back to my normal day-to-day uh, -day activities. Evening after 5, I would uh, typically devote to um, teaching yoga. So this is one routine. Now, COVID had taken a whole a bunch of toll on most people. So obviously right. I was not teaching, I was not doing any online classes. So in that time, evenings, I would typically do my writing and my reading. So that allocation was for the yoga work. So either I'm teaching or I do my newsletters or I write, eventually I might um, do podcasts and so on. Uh, typically mornings are reserved for myself and daytime is uh, activities to earn some money and living. So that's what I am. Very right, simple. right. So a lot of it is almost like a lot of your practices seem to be like internal inspirational. You kind of just, you, you kind of do intuitively what you feel like you, you need to, be, that needs to be done. Exactly. That's so That's yeah, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so how did yoga come into your life? Uh, this is actually very interesting. I did not really pursue yoga um, as a child. Like I've seen my father, um, he was um, a good practicing yogi. He could do headstand and I would always see him as a child do, do yoga, but I never got into it. Um, I moved on like a regular teenager and a, and a person in 20s. It so happened that uh, when I was 29, 30-ish, um, I had several bad, um, I would say, routine. I would eat very late. I was a workaholic. I used to work until 11 p.m. 
And eventually, over a couple of years, my uh, health started deteriorating quite a bit. And uh, when I did my medicals, the doctor said, like, you're only 30 and your readings are way off. You're almost like a 50-year-old person. And um, I was actually migrating to Canada the year after. And I said, well, I have some time. Let me quit my job and start uh, as a yoga, te yoga teacher. In one month, time nonstop, uh, Monday to Friday, 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., I was just into yoga. This was January. And by February, my results were remarkable. Like I could not even recognize myself. I lost the right. Lost weight. Everything came back. So that was my beginning 20 years ago. And then it, I stopped. It, it's fascinating, right? Like I, I went through the same thing. And I find like a lot of people that I talk to about this is it, it, it's, it seems like alcohol had a big had caused a lot of trouble for people to have like a wake up call. And they found that, that help within yoga. And, um, I myself went through the exact same thing where I was pretty much an alcoholic. And, um, I mean, it's hard for me to say that, but it was like, I'd get the kids to bed. And then once the kids in bed, I mean, I'd stay up and drink till late in the morning. And it was just like rinse, lather, repeat, you know, kind of thing. Um, been that, been that, done that. yeah, it, it's, uh, and I felt the same thing. Yoga helped me like get away from that lifestyle and find something deep within me, um, which was, which was amazing. Um, so ha have you done anything to get like a deeper experience? Have you traveled anywhere? Have you done anything like that? Uh, yeah. So it so happened that um, uh, my first experience of yoga actually repeated once again, 15 years after. So this was very fascinating because when I, came to Canada, obviously I started a new life and yoga was back on the back burner. Once I had derived the benefits, I just kind of shut it off. Mm -hmm. uh, I was concentrating on growing my young family. And uh, I think about in 2013, 2014, I said, you know what? My health is again going through the same thing. Let me get back into yoga and, and uh, get myself physically fit. So I joined uh, the yoga teacher training course in the University of Guelph keeping in mind that my intentions were physical benefit. And it was completely opposite. Right. The benefit of time was all mental benefit. There was so much of resistance for me in the beginning. Like I'm going for my physical benefit. I want to do all kinds of things with my body, but my mind is going crazy. Like it's like uh, the teacher imparted only the mental training to me. And then I started teaching for over the few years and this got so deeper and deeper that in 2018, it, this was actually planned from 2017 onwards that I should um, quit everything and travel. And I did exactly the same thing. I got a buddy of mine, also a yoga teacher from the same university, both of us. He sold, well, he did not sell, uh, he was renting. So he wound up his place. And I quit my job and we traveled one year. We spent uh, two months in Thailand and I was um, living in a couple of monasteries uh, in, during that period of time. One month I was doing the, the tantric yoga and then a 10 day silent retreat, staying with the monks, begging for food. <laughs> <and so laughs> Went to China again, same thing, physical in martial arts. 
but ended up doing a lot of Tai Chi and Qigong, where I learned a lot of Qigong there. Awesome. Uh, then uh, traveled to India, backpacking basically to the mountains, Rishikesh, um, to learn the Nada Yoga, the, the yoga of the sound. I started uh, learning to play music instrument there. Um, learned Ashtanga in Southern India. Had tons and tons of spiritual experience during that six month period. And uh, coming back, um, I started to put it all together and um, sharing whatever I've learned to whoever comes my way. That's, that's fascinating. So I guess, because my next question was going to be, what are the types of practices you kind of do? So seems like Qigong and a little bit of Tai Chi. Do you, are you still practicing them and stuff like that? Yeah, so Qigong I've been doing for quite a lot of time. I have also developed a whole bunch of sequences based on what I learned, uh, basically to uh, uh, to help people either with their balance or uh, just improving their internal energy, their low energy. Uh, tai Chi, I just do off and on. I don't do Tai Chi as much. Um, in terms of yoga, I've learned so many different styles that I, uh, in the beginning, it was quite overwhelming. Like, what am I doing? So that's right, why yeah. I had to like, you know, uh, when I was in India, I would say, okay, Monday I will do Ashtanga, Tuesday I'll do Nara Yoga, Wednesday I'll do Qigong. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, totally feel that, yeah. So I was not able to get um, further into any one of them. So then I decided I'll do a few months of Ashtanga. Then once I get stronger there, then I'll start Qigong. And then when I get, get better than that, I'll start Tai Chi. So that's my next one. So that's how, that's why I sort of bundle them up because there's so much that I've learned that it's um, not easy to practice all of them and um, you know integrate all of them. They're very, very different styles. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. Um, so what do you think has been your greatest experience, like learning experience like so far? Um, my biggest, uh, well, there, there were a few experiences. The first one was my yoga teacher in the university here in Guelph. Mm -hmm. um, very down to earth person. Like I could not believe that the person like that, he was a chemical engineer and he quit his engineering and uh, was a full-time yogi. Um, he was a great inspiration for me. Um, I met um, another teacher, Jivasu. He was also a very, very inspirational teacher for me. Very Big time for me as well, Jivasu for sure. We're going to yes. have him on here for sure. I got to get him on here. Yeah, so it's the same. He, I consider him also as one of my mentors. Right. And through him, uh, or was it uh, through somebody else, I went through the Nara Yoga School, and the musician, the person owner of the school, was um, a great uh, sitar player and also a harmonium player. Very, very humble man. Very humble man. Um, along the way, I, there was this ashram across the street, and uh, I used to frequent that ashram, meet the, uh, the person in the ashram, stay there for a little while. That was quite an experience for me, um, having a lot of sadhus come in, interview them. It was life-changing. <laughs> so would you say, on top of that, that might be like your favorite well, then let's just, what, what would be your favorite life experience? Or is that kind of in time, like in, like, so that would say it like a learning experience. It ties into it. Like my, uh, I think personally, my favorite at this time would be 
uh, traveling through Rishikesh in the mountains. Right. And the, the calling is so much that, you know, it's like at the drop of the hat, if somebody tells me, let's go to Rishikesh again for a month, and I would just go. It's that really? pure experience that I have there. I might have to go with you if you do that. Because <laughs> yes. I've really got to go as well. It, yeah. it, it's it's is that where you did your um the nada yoga was that in rishikesh yeah that was at rishikesh nada oh yoga. wonderful nice i think that's uh yeah Jivasa was kind of talking to me about that one there mm -hmm. but, um well we're pretty much it we like to keep these things pretty short so let's just tell everybody where they can find you and where you're teaching um, at the moment, uh, I'm teaching at my own uh, shala or the studio, as you call, um, nice. which is in Fort Erie, um, uh, close to Crystal Beach. I also teach again in Hamilton. My students were based in Hamilton and they wanted me to come back. So I go once in a while to Hamilton. I did create an Instagram and a website. And I'll be honest, like, I don't keep up well, well with it. It's uh, Chi Yogam is my website, uh, Q-I-Y-O-G-A-M.com. Uh, That's my website. And it will have the same Instagram and also the web page. Wonderful. So you can and maybe we'll tell everybody like um, a bit of the style that you're teaching because it's, it's a very, very, um, it was a bit unique to me because it wasn't like, yeah, like that typical I guess, harder style, right? And I, I really enjoyed it. Makes you pay, pay attention to like a, a lot of awareness to the simple things and you feel- so much, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so these are the classical moves and um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I have not been able to find any of this on YouTube. So 80% of what I teach in my class, you probably may not find it. Unless and until they are the so-called um, um, popular uh, or the master moves. Like if you do the cobra pose, obviously you can find them. But there are some of the variations that I've been taught that you cannot find them. They're simple enough for everybody to do it. Whether a person is 80 year old or 18 year old, they both can do the same pose depending on where they are in their body. Right. So I don't change the pose. I just tell them to follow, follow their body. That's amazing. Yeah, you're almost teaching them to also intuitively, yeah, pay attention to themselves and paying attention to what is the body telling you as they're being led in a way. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's a that's a great powerful thing. Um, and almost kind of falls in line with kind of what yoga is being your own guru, where you you do take the lessons from the external, but then there's an internal part that has to has to lead as well. So exactly, it's exactly. great for what you're doing. I want to thank you for what you're doing. Um, you're welcome. Trying, we want to encourage men uh, to get out there, get on the mat, find different ways to connect with yourself internally. Mm -hmm.